Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's Monday again, and it's hopefully wherever you are, it's starting to warm up and look like it might be spring soon. I'm so glad that you guys are here. You are in for such a treat. Today we have Ado Van Belkum, who is the author of the Wolfpack books that are now on Paramount Plus, a new TV show. So if you haven't watched it yet, you need to watch it. I've been watching every episode as they drop. It's very, it's fantastic. So I'm very excited that we have him here today. I'll read his bio here so you can get to know him. He has lots of books and short stories and things for you to read. So if you're new to him, you're in for a treat. So Ado Van Belkum is a Canadian author of 35 books and over 300 short stories in the genres of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and mystery. His short fiction has been published in countless anthologies such as The Year's Best Horror Stories, Year's Best Erotica, Robert Block's Psychos, The Hot Blood and Shock Rock series, as well as several anthologies based on RPGs. His story, Rat Food, with David Nickel, won a Bram Stoker Award from the Horror Writers Association, and Hockey's Night in Canada won the Aurora Award, which is Canada's top prize for speculative fiction. More recently, his Silver Birch and Aurora Award-winning young adult series, Wolfpack, has served as the inspiration for the new Jeff Davis Supernatural TV show, Wolfpack, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy, oh my gosh, which premiered worldwide on Paramount Plus in January of this year. If you haven't watched it yet, you guys, you need to go watch it. It's so fantastic. And it's wonderful to see Sarah Michelle Geller again if you are a Buffy fan. I did put a link to Ado's website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live or listening later, you can go check that out. It's still under construction, but there's some information there about him and also how to follow him on social media. And I don't want to delay anymore. Are you there, Ado? I am here. Ready ah, to go. So, all right. <laughs> well, for people who haven't read your Wolfpack series yet, is it complete? Can readers just binge read through the whole thing? Well, there's uh, four books in the series, Wolfpack, Lone Wolf, Cry Wolf, and Wolf Man. Um, the first book is in print. There's physical copies available, but that's the only one at the moment. The rest are available in ebook format, um, all of them. And the first two are currently available in audiobook, with the other two coming uh, this month and next. So within two months, they'll all be available in ebook, audiobook, and the first book in print form. That's so and exciting. It is because before all of this happened with the series, the books were actually out of print uh, for about uh, 16 years maybe. Wow. So suddenly an injection of life back into a series that had its time and kind of you shrunk into the background, but now it's in the forefront, and I'm having a great time promoting it, talking about it, and doing everything in connection with the books. It's it's, it's a lot of fun. 
I bet. That's amazing. So what's the story between how did it go from being out of print to somebody calling you and going, hey, let's make this a TV series? Well, when it was first published in 2004, there were two people that were interested in uh, film television rights. One had been an associate producer on the Survivor television series. Another one said that they had a development deal with Paramount Pictures. But nothing ever came of that. Never heard from them again. It kind of just came and went. So we went on with our lives, my my wife and I, and uh, finished the series, went on to other things. And then one Friday in uh, the summer of 21, was sitting at the table there. My wife was making dinner. We were just chatting, and I got an email. Oh, it's from my agent. Someone's interested in the film and television rights uh, for Wolfpack. And my first thought was, these guys don't know what they're doing. They must be crazy. The book's been out of print for 16 years. But okay, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll entertain that. And um, it turned out that someone at Paramount had approached Jeff Davis asking him if he'd be interested in doing something supernatural. He said yes. Then they gave him a copy of the book, Wolfpack, and said, would you be interested in doing this uh, specifically? And he looked at it and said, oh, no, werewolves again. He doesn't want to be known as the werewolf guy. But something in the book and then later the book series piqued his interest, and he'd been thinking of some things similar to what's in the book. And so he agreed to do it. And then um, there was a little technicality that I still own the rights to it, so that's when they approached me. Of course, they didn't tell me any of this, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, we were happy to, to option the, uh, the book to film and television. And then to my surprise, it went, because you, a lot of times things are optioned and nothing ever happens. I had two novels right. uh, Blood Road and Scream Queen option for film. The time limit ran out, and that was the end of it. So it was very unusual for the option to be signed, and then almost like light speed, a year later it was in production, and a year and a half later it's on TV. That is wow. very uh, untypical. And I right. was just amazed. When I first saw the teaser trailer, and it said, based on the acclaimed book series by Edo Van Belkum, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but does it say that there? And it did. And then I, had, I was not working that day, and I, I watched that teaser trailer for three straight hours, and every time my name was still there, and I thought, wow, it's really still there. This, this is going to be a thing. So, yeah, it's very, very exciting. Wow. So in 16 years, someone loved your book so much that they still had a copy to give to him. That's amazing. That must feel great. Now that that could be an urban myth. I don't know, but it's it's <laughs> likely. I wanted to meet I wanted to meet the, that person and ask them. And I did say to Jeff, "Is that person who gave you the book the first time here tonight at the after party for the premiere?" And he said, "Oh, she was here, and then now she's gone." And it's uh, you know I didn't get a chance to to meet her or speak to her. I'd love to, you know. I've, bunch of questions to ask but um, yeah as far as I know that's what happened somebody was interested and then all these years later they still held interest in the the book and uh, came to fruition 
That is amazing. Well, can you tell everybody who um, hasn't read the series yet what the inspiration is behind your your wolf pack? Because I write werewolves myself, and I, part of my favorite thing about werewolves and vampires and that kind of thing is everybody makes their own world and their own rules. And yeah. so can you tell everyone kind of what your inspiration was for your wolf pack? Okay. Um I started getting into young adult fiction because I'd been doing adult fiction for all these years. My wife at the time, not I'm still married to her. At the time, she was a children's librarian. I don't want to get that misconstrued. Like my wife at the time, my mom didn't. I'm number three now. No, it's still the same wife. Yeah. My wife at the time said you sh- you should really write a for young adults, and I said, yeah, okay, you know, might as well. And so the first things I did were I edited two anthologies. And um, the idea behind the anthologies were they were for young adults, and all the stories were about teenage problems with a horror bent. So it would be bullying or, you know, uh, coming of age or, you know, dealing with your sexuality or who knows what. And, I, you know, there were, every story dealt with a teenage kind of problem. So the first one was called Be Afraid, and it did very well. It was a Canadian Library Association uh, Book of the Year finalist. So, okay, we'll do a second one called Be Very Afraid. It wasn't as uh, successful as the first, but still did all right. I proposed a third book uh, in the series, and that one would have been called Poop Your Pants. You know, after be afraid and be very afraid, there's nothing else left to do but poop your pants. Where else can you go? (laughs) Yeah. So, so, okay, we weren't going to do a third book. And then I said, well, I'll I'll write a novel for the next one. And my idea was that I was going to write about teenagers with teenage problems, all the problems that teenagers have going to high school, plus they're werewolves. So they have all the teenage stuff going on. Plus, they have this secret that they share amongst themselves and their adoptive uh, father and mother, but not with anyone else. So they get teased. And the people in town say, you know, those Brock kids, there's something not right about them or there's something different about them. So they have all of that to go through. And all this, meanwhile, got teenage problems to deal with, boyfriends, girlfriends, puberty, everything like that. So that was the the inspiration for it and turned out to be uh, very well do very well um was a um, silver birch award winner which is i can go on i I don't want to speak too long without your input (laughs) but if i'm doing all right yeah no i'm i i'm enjoying i i was really intrigued by uh your origin story of your wolves. So they, yes. your wolves actually were, were found in the forest, right? So they are part wolf. Yeah, yeah I'll get, I'll get to that. So, um, one is the Aurora award, silver birch award and the silver birch is really cool because it's voted on by school aged children across the province. And so, you know, it's not even by your peers, it's by the fans, the, the people who are, reading the book and you you mentioned the or the origin story yes they are uh, the four of them are saved by a werewolf who takes them out of the fire and puts them in a safe spot and they're later discovered by the forest ranger who sees the wolf coming out of the fire 
and goes to that spot after the fire has run its course. And I, I'm, I'm not going to be spoiling this for anybody because anyone who's watched the show now will kind of get this. And when he gets back to his home and settles them in, it turns out that they turn themselves into human infants. So that was mm-hmm. the genesis of the story. And then he decides to adopt them along with his uh, wife and raise them as his own. And we catch up to them 16 years later when they're teenagers dealing with their all their problems plus their um, special secrets. Plus you're a werewolf, werewolf yes. <laughs> yes, plus, plus. <laughs> So so that kind of leads into, and I was asking you before the show, but how did the new TV series make changes from your books, and how involved were you in those changes? Well, I wasn't involved at all. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a little bit and 10 being a lot, I was involved zero. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> well, they, they, they bought the book, and... Jeff Davis adapted it. As I tell people, it is the inspiration for the series. It's not the guidebook because people write to me or write to my wife, say, oh, you know, is Kristen Ramsey, is she the werewolf? Is she the mother? And like, I don't know. I'm finding out like everyone else. (laughs) So at the core, at the core, I I talked about the the forest ranger finding the the wolf cubs and adopting them and raising them as as his own. In the book, there are four, and that's the pack. In the series, there are two, and two later join the pack after being bitten by a werewolf that is uh, flushed out by the fire. So you can see similarities, but differences. Uh, Right. So it's an inspiration for it. It's not the guidebook. And as it goes along, there are different things that are taken from the book and we'll see I haven't seen the full season yet there's one more to be episode to be aired and we'll see how that ends to see how much is taken from the book but there are you know hopefully there's going to be uh, other seasons and there's other storylines that can be lifted from the uh, books if if they're needed if not that's fine too. I'm enjoying it. I admire Jeff Davis and his ability to adapt and invent and invigorate and make things more complex and also to format it where there are cliffhangers and mysteries that need to be solved and having people view the series and when it's that episode's over, oh my god, what's going to happen? I can't wait till next week. You know, brilliantly done, and I'm all for that. So just keep in mind, it's a guide. It's not a guidebook. It's the inspiration for. Right. And that kind of leads into my next question is, did they they, um, get the film TV rights for the whole series or just the first book, or have you since sold them the second book? How how did that all work out? Well, that's an interesting question because uh, at first their interest was only in the first book. Now, can you imagine if we sold only rights to the first book and the other three uh, books in the series had not been purchased? We just included them in because it's very unlikely someone's going to come by in two, three, and four in the series 
unless right. they wanted to have some lawsuit and say, oh, that storyline's out of book three and that's our property. That could have <laughs> happened, but we just said, you know, take all four of the books and then, you know, if you find something useful in any of them, then it's you're free to do so. So it wasn't, it wasn't a question of only one, we'll save the other ones for someone else. They got the rights to the entire series. Okay. I love that. And did you find out early that Sarah Michelle Geller had signed on or was a big surprise when you got close to it releasing? I did not know until it was announced. I, I don't think a lot of people knew. You know, the people who needed to know knew right. about it. But I learned, uh, along with everyone else, when they announced it at the New York Comic Con. And um, they at the New York Comic Con, they had a panel, an hour-long panel on Teen Wolf, because the Teen Wolf movie uh, had been right, produced, and you know, the cast was there. So, But in the last five minutes, they had a surprise, and they introduced her. And of course, the crowd went nuts, and, I, and me, along with everyone, was like, holy cow, this just went on to a different level. And you could, have, you could just gauge the social media, you know, just explosion about, oh, Sarah Michelle is getting back, Sarah Michelle Geller is getting back into television, you know, Buffy's back, everything like that, just uh, sent the interest in the series through the roof. And I'm grateful to her for signing on. And it's funny, you know, the, the first two episodes were given to critics to review before the premiere. And a lot of them were complaining about Sarah Michelle Gellar having a, a nominal role in the first two episodes, a very small role. And people were saying that she had, she was on, in there just for her name to add, you know, cachet to the series. But if you've watched more than that and gone right. to at least episode five, you're like, oh my God. And then you know that she is in it. She is right in it. (laughs) She is absolutely involved. She's integral. And, you know, and this all goes back to Jeff Davis planning out the series and have the story arc and all those people. I haven't seen anyone come back and say, you know, I changed my mind. I I apologize. You know, my, well, they reviewed what they saw. So I give them that. But no confidence in Jeff Davis to know what he was going to do for the story arc. And by the time you get to episode five, six, and seven, it's like, oh, my God, you know, just twists and turns. and Very twisting. Who is that? What is that? What does that mean? And then it ends, you know, one of the only times ever watching a movie where I didn't want it to end was The Empire Strikes Back. I saw that in the Mm -hmm. theater when I was a a kid, and it ended. I said, no, no, it can't end here. I've got to see more. And I'm having that same kind of reaction watching these episodes, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, i got to wait another week for the next one? That's so, right. that's torturous. But <laughs> um, I'm having a great time, and I'm enjoying every bit of it, and it's, I think Jeff Davis deserves all the credit in the world for it. Yeah, it has been every time the episode ends, I'm like, no. <laughs> it's so mean. They're making us wait a week. What? <laughs> yes, Exactly. Well, back to writing the books, can you, our our readers who listen are always really interested in your journey, and you have written in so many different genres. I'm really curious what your writing journey looked like to become a novelist. 
Well, that's a whole lot to unpack. We might need to have a second <laughs> appearance just for that. But anyway, I always knew I wanted to be a, a writer. I didn't know what kind. So I wrote poetry that was really bad. Uh, me and a friend, we got together and, and wrote uh, songs for a rock band. And we had one word we liked to use a lot, and that word was baby. So songs would be baby, 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 baby. And, you know, they were really terrible. So I was on a journey to find out what I wanted to write and what kind of things I wanted to write. And when I read Ray Bradbury's The October Country, oh, 20 short book. stories in this great collection, every story I read said, wow, that was fantastic. Read the next story, that's so terrific. Every story, I read it all in one sitting. And when I finished, I said, that's the kind of writer I want to be. I want to be the kind of writer that can write a story. Someone gets to the end of it. And they just say, wow, that was terrific. And they want to read another one. So tremendous lofty goal, right? right? So I knew that I was always an average student, never worked too hard because I could always get by. But I knew that that wouldn't be good enough to become a writer because there's always thousands, tens of thousands of people who want to do, do that, who want to be that writer. <clears throat> and if you want to stick out, among those tens of thousands, you have to work harder at that than anything else in your life. So that's what I did, nice. laser focus, reading all the time, reading about theories of writing, reading all kinds of writers. One of the complaints about aspiring writers is that they're only interested in their own work, nobody else's. So read all the things you can and read a lot of bad writing too and learn how Bad writing doesn't work, so you can know how good writing does. I was right. a member of a writing uh, circle that we met every week and critiqued at least two stories. And uh, I tried to write novels. I wrote about three or four of them. They were never published, but I was learning. And I sold uh, my first short story was reprinted in Year's Best Horror Stories 20, which is kind of cool. And I had sold about 50 short stories, and then I was able to write a gaming novel for uh, World of Darkness, which happened to be a werewolf novel. <laughs> and that was in 1990, yeah, 1995, World of Darkness, uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. So I did my first novel there, and it went from there, writing novels, short stories. And I would write anything anyone asked me and trying to find places to publish things. So the only things I haven't written in are... Western and romance, and only because no one's ever asked me. I'd love to give it a try, but no one's ever asked me, so done everything else. And over the years, you know, gaming novels, uh, standalone novels, uh, short stories, uh, serial stories. I did a serial story about a tele, uh, truck driving detective, and that did about 55 stories, three novels, and two audiobook collections. So all kinds of things, you know. I was a professional writer. Someone wanted something from me. I wrote a professional grade story on time and uh, went from there. And after a while, you know, 35 books, 300 short stories, it added up. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you if there are other monsters that you want to write. You've done werewolves, and it sounds like you've done a lot of different, you know, short stories and things. But is there something that you're, you know, itching to write? What's, what's next? Um, not especially itching to write. I have written other monsters. I did a novel called Blood Road. It's about a vampire truck driver who is 
old and aging. His teeth are falling out. He's <laughs> overweight. He's not a because I always saw vampires as parasites, meaning they're at the bottom of the food chain, not at the oh, top. Okay. So I wrote about him being a parasite and having to feed off of other living organisms. So his thing was he would pick up hitchhikers, strap them into the back of his truck, feed off them for several days using an intravenous tube that his teeth don't work anymore. And when they were drained, he'd leave them by the side of the road. Because he's always traveling, all the police jurisdictions would have trouble connecting all the dead bodies. And uh, so I went from there. And I did uh, Scream Queen. Scream Queen was about a haunted house that was the set for a reality television show, putting people in a supposedly haunted house. Turned out it was really haunted. And they can't tell which is the effects and which is the real thing. I did a classic <laughs> horror about a burial ground called Martyrs. And then a monster that probably no one uh, has been aware of. I did a a novel called Teeth, in which a female serial killer was uh, killing men with her special set of teeth, the vagina dentata, and uh, that was published uh, as well, too. A lot of good reviews by women, not so good reviews by men, but <laughs> I've done a lot of different kind of monsters. Let's put it that way. Oh, I love that. What are you writing now? What's next for you? Um, right now... You know, a few years ago, I came to a crossroads in my career as a writer. And it was a question of, it's okay for the writer to suffer for his art. But it's not okay for having all the people around him also suffer for his art. Very so true. I reached a point where I've done all these things. I'm going to take a job where I uh, have a good pay, a pension, and medical benefits. And I wrote on the side, I wrote, the, I continue writing the trucking, uh, truck driver detective story. And that only ended up a couple of years ago. So I did all of those things. Right now I'm doing social media posts. That's what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> learning about social media, Facebook, yes. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I've started doing TikTok videos called Wolfpack Facts, where I talk about the books and how they relate to the, the show. And I'm just having a lot of fun doing that. If somebody wants me to write that. something, consider it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay. If you look down my list and my bi bibliography, that's a career already, right? Mm -hmm. that's, uh, there's a lot of books there, <clears throat> a lot of publications. That's a career to be proud of. So I'm not like, oh, I have to write something now. Because writing, and your listeners will know this, is one of the hardest things to do yeah. in your life. People make it look easy, and maybe I did, but during the time I was full-time professional writer, I was laser-focused on right. writing and doing the writing. There was no other outside distractions. Everything in my life was laser-focused like a point, a arrowhead, on my writing career. And when, you know, you have other interests, you like to do other things, it uh, becomes very hard to mm -hmm. put that all aside and be as focused as you should be on the books. So I'm enjoying having written, and I'm doing a little bit of writing now, but I'm not like, oh, my next novel is going to be a killer right. or something like right. that. I, right. I've done it all. I, I'm proud to show all the books that I've done, and, you know, it's a career. 
Very cool. Well, um, before we run out of time, I know that you you and I were talking about you did a hometown screening of the Wolfpack, yes. and you were telling me, do you have a YouTube channel? Is that where people can go check out all the fun events? Yeah, I, um, I'm on all kinds of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, barely, and also <laughs> YouTube. So if you can't find me, you're not looking hard enough. But the hometown screening, we rented a theater. Uh, we had a, it was a, a full house. And I started by reading the prologue to the novel, which sets up the whole situation that the series and everything else uh, is based on. And then we watched the first episode, which is not on YouTube, but there's a, a gap. And then I came right. back and I talked about how the Wolfpack novel ended up being on screen. And there's actually two videos of that. One, I did a talk at the Grand Rapids Comic Con, which is also on there, 45 minutes long. And that also tells the the journey. So if anybody's interested, it's there on YouTube. Just type in my name. And there's also a bunch of goofy stuff. When I was an on-air movie host for Scream TV, I was introducing midnight movies. I also did some Halloween yeah, yeah, I did Halloween bumpers for Fox 29 in Buffalo. You know, Saturday morning I would talk about horror things in between the cartoons. Some television <laughs> talk show appearances are on there and different things. So it's well worth the visit. Uh, you know, yeah. a writer's career is about the books, but there's also this uh, stuff that's like writing but not really writing, like this radio right. show. You know, we get to talk about the work yes. and everything, so it's kind of like writing, and it is mm-hmm. part of an author's job to promote their work, and that's what I've done on all the social media. I love it. Well, everyone, go check out um, Ado's social media, and I did put a link to the website that has links to the social media, so be sure to get connected. And thanks so much for cool. being here today. It was great fun chatting with you. can't believe we're out of time. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it quite a bit. See you later. Thanks for joining us on Book Life. Yeah, take care. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.